Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events behind the scenes footage and so much more plus you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon it's in you please be in it visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now that's podcast with an s thanks from kqed Welcome back to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Son, it's time for you to take your place by my side. That's from the trailer for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Marvel's new superhero film that opened in theaters this month. And there's a scene in the movie where Shang-Chi, played by Simu Liu, battles a group of mercenaries aboard a munibus, barreling down the streets of San Francisco through the Stockton Tunnel to Ghirardelli Square. And my next two guests will tell you why that scene was more than meets the eye and fitting for Marvel's first film to feature an Asian superhero lead. Let me tell you who's joining us. Dan Gentile is culture editor for SFGate. Dan, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. And Joe Fitzgerald Rodriguez is with us, a reporter and producer for KQED News. Joe, glad to have you here as well. Thanks for having me. Well, Dan, let me start with you. First, anything you want to add to my very brief description of that bus scene? Because, I mean, to be honest, I haven't seen the movie yet. Um, that would make it better come to life than I just could make it. <laughs> um, sure. Well, yeah, it's... Um... It's an explosive scene, um, literally and figuratively. Uh, they go all over San Francisco. The starts kind of a knob hill, goes through the Stockton Tunnel, and ends at Girardelli Square, where uh, a bus crashes through about 15 cars. And they um, shot it all in San Francisco over the course of about a week in um, 2020. And uh, it's, it's a really fun scene to watch. So, Joe, the line that all this happens on is the one California line, of course. What makes this line so special? Yeah, you know, it, it kind of struck me. As soon as I saw the first trailer, I was like, oh, God, it's the one California. And, oh, they're going through the Stockton Tunnel. I, I got to call up Chinatown Trip. And this is the, the <laughs> Chinatown. It's, it's amazing. It was amazing to me as a total Muni nerd. And I'll relate to all of you why uh, the Ch Chinatown uh, Transportation Research and Improvement Project has been working since the 1970s to advocate for uh, equitable transit for the uh, Chinese community, for China town and throughout the 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 uh, city and a lot of their work centered around the one California and not only the one California but buses on the route that the the runaway one takes in in Shang-Chi so it was just there's all sorts of muni easter eggs and and fights for equity represented in that one uh brief beginning scene 
First, I love the fact that you watch that scene and your first thought is I need to call Chinatown trip because <laughs> <laughs> that just goes to show how muni nerd you are. But but Thank talk you. about how how meaningful that is on an equity level in terms of that line and, and why it's so special. Well, it's, 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 you know, most transit systems in most cities, and we're just going to go zoom all the way out, right? Most transit systems in most cities are based on this kind of hub and spoke model, right? All the transit gets you from every surrounding neighborhood to downtown. And so they all kind of radiate out from downtown. But the way uh, immigration patterns sussed out uh, in San Francisco in the 60s when a bunch of racist laws were repealed and the Chinese community was able to flourish saw people finally moving out of Chinatown able to live more equitably throughout the city. Then we, that's when we see the, the Richmond District, Sunset, Bayview, Viz Valley all start to flourish with their own Chinese and other Asian communities. And, and then there was a problem. Most of their shopping, most of their uh, uh, most of their community social life, big banquets, family banquets, uh, name associations that advocated on their behalf in city hall, that was all still in Chinatown, and they needed to get there. And a number of ad advocacy groups and advocates who were inspired by the uh, uh, civil rights era and black people pushing for their own rights started their own uh, groups representing um, Asian communities, and one of these was Chinatown Trip, and part of that early advocacy was making a new hub-and-spoke model, helping people from different neighborhoods across San Francisco get to Chinatown for their, for their shopping needs, for their social needs, for their advocacy needs, and being able to get back to the neighborhoods where they live. And, of course, Dan Gentile, that's kind of what your recent piece for SFGate is about. It's headlined why Marvel's new blockbuster had to be shot in San Francisco's Richmond district. Uh, can you talk about why it had to be Richmond and how that connects to Chinatown? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I spoke a little bit with location manager Patrick Branahan about this. Um, and they basically shut down Clement Street. Um, they compensated all the business owners, all the families that lived there. Um, they filmed some exterior shots there, and then they actually went inside uh, a real apartment that uh, is apparently between 9th and 10th on Clement um, and modeled uh, Shang-Chi's apartment after that. Um, and the director, Dustin Daniel Creighton, um, he told me in an interview that they wanted to do it in the Richmond rather than in San Francisco's Chinatown proper because they wanted to highlight um, sort of a, a different type of Chinatown that is usually seen in movies and TV. And uh, they also thought that, you know, San Francisco uh, natives and locals watching the movie would really uh, connect with that and uh, think it was pretty cool that they went for, um, you know, a different look than, than usually in films and movies. Well, I love the sentence in your piece where you wrote that the choice of neighborhood was intended to give the film a level of authenticity that will resonate with locals and was an important element of Marvel's first film centered around an Asian superhero. Because we are very familiar with familiar with Chinatown, a little less familiar with the fact, or at least generally, if you're not from the area, that Richmond has a very large Asian population. Um, and so those subtleties, it sounds like, were something that was really central to to uh, the director, Dustin Daniel Critton, as you say. Am I saying his name right there? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, as of uh, 2019, uh, about 40% of the Richmond district's population is of Asian descent. Um, 
which is huge. And um, and yeah, they wanted to highlight that. The director had said he had some friends um, that uh, grew up in that district and um, he's a Japanese American himself. Um, so he has that sort of connection. Um, and yeah, it was just a really cool um, kind of element of the film that was a little bit uh, deeper cut than you might expect. What's so funny is that scene is really great, but Muni did not want at all to be associated with it. Actually, it's name, right? <laughs> Yeah, correct. Um, apparently, they weren't really wanting people to associate them with a bus uh, screeching down uh, a hill and crashing into 15 cars. Uh, shocker. <laughs> well, now that movie's been so successful, Joe, do you think they, they regret that decision? Oh, I don't know. I, I could totally see people turning that into a gif and using it anytime Muni <laughs> suffered a, a collision in, in the city. Uh-oh. It's, it's going action movie in here. <laughs> We're talking about the role of San Francisco in the movie Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings with Joe Fitzgerald Rodriguez, a reporter and producer for KQED, Dan Gentile, cultural editor for SF Gate. And we want to invite you, our listeners, to join the conversation. What San Francisco scenes did you appreciate in Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings? Uh, if you describe them, please, no spoilers. And and if you have any thoughts about other favorite San Francisco movie moments, 866-733-6786 is the number. 866-733-6786. Email us, forum at kqed.org, or reach us on Twitter or Facebook at KQED Forum. Maggie writes, why did they choose to highlight San Francisco instead of other cities with a major Asian population? Do you think the bus scene would inspire more San Franciscans to take transit? <laughs> Dan, you want to first take that? Um, well, you know, I actually, um, I asked the director about why so many Marvel superheroes happen to live in San Francisco. Uh, we've got Venom, we've got Ant-Man, um, and he, he kind of had a jokey answer that, uh, San Francisco is just a beautiful place to live. <laughs> um, so, um, but in the film, uh, the character Shang-Chi, um, flees, uh, a basically assassin camp in China because he doesn't want to be an assassin uh, and ends up in San Francisco where he um, ends up working as a valet at the Fairmont. Um, so that's kind of how he ended up there. And, and if I could add, there, there are, you know, uh, a number of other, you know, like films uh, highlighting Asian American life that do take place here in San Francisco. So it's a bit of a, you know, it's a it, it's a it's a bit of a known quantity. Right. You know, we've got Always Be My Maybe, which is um, uh, set in San Francisco. That's on Netflix. And it even goes back as far as, you know, Chan is missing over in, in Chinatown. The other thing, too, is in a place where many generations of Asian Americans live, the experience invites more opportunities to really highlight subtleties and nuances in the Asian American experience, which is often hard to do in film. And it seemed like, if you both were fans, that that was an attempt that was made by the film to try to make it as modern and authentic as possible, Joe. Yeah, absolutely. You know, these these two didn't have what, you know, some might say are, are the jobs that people paint as stereotypical for for the for that community. You know, they were they they're they're working as uh, uh uh they're they're driving cars right there uh, what's the word? Um uh, parking cars for folks or valets. And you know, they're kind of aimless in life a little bit at the beginning of the movie. They're trying to find their place, they're trying to figure out who they are. It's a very it, for for a superhero Marvel film, it's a pretty textured uh, characterization. Well, let me go to caller Quina in San Francisco. Hi, Quina. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, I just wanted to make a comment that I thought this was a very interesting way. Um, I grew up, I'm an SF native, and seeing that 
um, the movie highlights like the 0.5 generations of Chinese American where the elders will speak in Chinese and the kids will speak in English. That was really cool to see. And um, the fight scene that um, the Muni route actually went through, I think it also went on Bush too. Um, so like they got on the Richmond and they somehow like went through like all these neighborhoods that are still super um, transit reliant. And I, I just really wanted um, to highlight that they really, it really showed in the movie. So that was really cool. But thank you guys so much for reporting on this. Yeah. Queena, are are you also the person that was in Joe's piece? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so when, what was your immediate reaction when you saw this? I, I understand that you had a reaction as soon as you saw the trailer even. Yeah, I, I was like, oh, this is super cool. And then I'm like, that bus is not on the right route. <laughs> and I was like, I don't understand how you go through the Stockton Tunnel going towards downtown and end up at Garadelli Square. But I I thought it was really neat that there were highlighting places. Um, I thought it was um, kind of cool that they all also highlighted Bush Street, I think, um, when they're doing this crazy fight scene. So... Yeah. Well, well, Queena, thanks for sharing that. And uh, so glad you called in. Uh, we're talking with Joe Fitzgerald Rodriguez, a reporter for do- and producer for KQED News, uh, about his piece that was looking at the connections between the film Shang-Chi and Muni. And it's headlined in Shang-Chi, a Muni line made possible by Chinatown community advocacy. We're also talking with Dan Gentile. His film, Why Marvel's New Blockbuster Shang-Chi, had to be shot in San Francisco's Richmond District is the piece that he wrote for SFGate, and I encourage both of you to check it out. And I want to remind our listeners that this is a fundraising period for many public radio stations. I'm Mina Kim. And let me go to caller Annika in San Francisco. Hi, Annika. Hi. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, My son and I saw the movie last night and were just blown away. We're, um, we've been living in San Francisco for years. He's 19. He speaks fluent Mandarin, but we're not Asian. But part of him speaking fluent Mandarin was a huge Asian um, influence of San Francisco. And it was such, it was like a delight after delight after delight of every single scene. I'm so excited for the movie, and I hope that there's part two. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks so much for calling in and sharing that. Joe, there were a few other uh, sort of San Francisco moments and and neighborhoods that were featured. I'm wondering if if there's some others you want to highlight for us. Well, it was funny to me that um, while they did shoot the bus scene here in the city, the, the bus itself, the actors were on buses on rigs in Sydney, like in the Southern Hemisphere. So they, 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 even when they went to the Fairmont, so they're valet parkers at the Fairmont Hotel, right? And even when they're at the Fairmont, apparently they reconstructed the Fairmont down in Sydney, which was kind of amazing to me. As I'm an SF native, I've, I've seen the Fairmont a number of times. I thought it was the real thing, honestly. They were so authentic. And I really appreciate that collar, too, because, you know, growing up in San Francisco, seeing these folks on screen, it really felt like seeing our city represented. Yeah, uh, Dan, talk about that a little bit. You had a little bit more background in in how they they filmed and choreographed those scenes and and what was truly in San Francisco, shot in San Francisco, and what wasn't. Well, um, there's also a scene that takes place in a bar that um, is modeled after a bar in San Francisco in theory. Unfortunately, they couldn't shoot there because of the pandemic, so they filmed that in Los Angeles. 
But yeah, most everything uh, else interior wise was filmed in Australia. Um, and um, especially the, uh, the stunt scene, they started working on it in Los Angeles where they had um, a stunt team of Jackie Chan's uh, stuntmen choreographing that for months. Um, and then, yeah, they had, uh, they shipped two buses and a barge over to Australia where they filmed the, the actual stunt scene for that, which is kind of cool. I, I love how you say every handhold where the windows are, where every pole is, every one of these becomes their little gym and makes the movies more interesting. That was the value of being able to do it in a muni bus. But there was also this this sentence in your feast end where you say, aside that everything was very realistic, aside from the fact that most commuters have probably seen weirder things <laughs> on a muni bus. Yeah, I think most everyone's probably got a muni story. Um, you, they might not have seen uh, an assassin with a uh, sword for an arm, but um, probably some some pretty fun stuff. Well, the other thing that I really love, and this is what you highlighted the most in your piece, is that in many ways, right, Joe, Shang-Chi is this like Chinese superhero film, Marvel's first Asian lead, and the superhero is literally on a bus that is on a path <laughs> that is laid by others who came before him. Oh, absolutely. And that was that was one of my favorite aspects of it. And that's why I wanted to write the piece so bad, because here's a fictional superhero riding a bus line made possible by real-life superheroes. And it's just, I, I, it sounds a little trite, but it's really true. And kind of, and, and that work continues. It's not history. It's now. We just had Queen of Chen on here. Those folks are pushing um, for uh, changes to transportation for the Chinese community every day. All right, well, I got to play one last cut before we go out here. And this is a cut from uh, of Michelle Yeoh really kind of hitting this point better than even we can. <laughs> you are a product of all who came before you. The legacy of your family. You are your mother. And whether you like it or not, you are also your father. That is a clip from the trailer for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And we have been appreciating its San Francisco connections today with Joe Fitzgerald Rodriguez, a reporter and producer for KQED News, Jan Gentile, culture editor for SFGate, and you, our listeners, have been joining us. And Dan or Joe, any final thoughts before I let you go? Uh, apparently, uh, Simu Liu, Liu did not know about the connection, and Cecilia Lay of the Chronicle, God bless her, asked him about it, and he said that it was beautiful. So now the actor knows the full story. Pretty, pretty sweet. Wow, that's awesome, Joe. Congratulations. Well, Jackie writes in praise of your article. Wonderful, wonderful article and topic by Joe Fitzgerald. I grew up in Visitation Valley in the 1980s, and we always took the 8 Express to and from Chinatown. Your article took me down memory lane. <laughs> that's great. Thanks so much, Jackie. And I want to thank our producers, Ariana Prail and Blanca Torres, for producing today's segment's Forum is also produced by Judy Campbell, Tina Lauber, Grace Wan, and Caroline Smith. Susan Britton is the lead producer for the 10 o'clock hour. Our engineers are Danny Bringer, Katie McMurrin, and Brendan Willard. Our interns are Kimia Akbari and Jennifer Eng. Our executive editor is Ethan Tobin Lindsay, and our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm Mina Kim. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great weekend.
funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio, the Germanicos Foundation, and the Generosity Foundation, and the Bernard Osher Foundation, supporting higher education and the arts. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.